Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. It's a Fights in Football Friday on a Saturday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in. Apologies for the delay. It was on Sportsnet 960 yesterday and it was just a lot of talking. So um, today we're looking at the NFL boxing and professional wrestling. A lot to get into on the show. As always, if you're watching the video, leave a comment, subscribe, like, that stuff helps. Um, if you're listening in podcast form, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Um, coming up on the show today, we're previewing any, um, I guess any, uh, but every would be the more accurate way of saying that, NFL game, uh, looking at Canelo's win over Jamel Charlo over the weekend, last weekend, um, the big news from the world of professional wrestling with Edge going to AEW, and we are going to look at WWE Fast lane. So, a lot to get into. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. Note, uh, notebook sounds being made, so you know it's time to get into it. Let's start with the National Football League. All right, it is our preview for week five in the NFL, and we start with the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Buffalo Bills in England. Uh, Buffalo favored by five and a half points. The total sits at 48 and a half. Jacksonville has been very underwhelming so far this season, um, specifically on the offensive side of things. They're 24th in EPA per play. Um, they are 17th in offensive efficiency and 15th in DVOA, which is just an overall metric for efficiency, while the Buffalo Bills have really hit their stride. Their win over Miami is one of the better wins this season. Um, their defense does get a bit of a hit, but they might be getting a boost with uh, Vaughn Miller coming back into the lineup. This is one I just think Buffalo is better. Now, this is an interesting data point, I guess, for a lot of people. This is the first time that a team will be playing back-to-back -back games in London. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars staying over there. They're doing a, a home and away, basically, um, out in London. So we will see what the extra week um, to get acclimated to, to London will do for this team with uh, the Buffalo Bills coming out there after a win over the Miami Dolphins. So it should be very interesting to see what goes on with uh, with this one, but the pick is Buffalo, minus five and a half. That, that one is just very clear to me. The Giants taking on the Miami Dolphins. Um, the, the Giants have been one of the bigger disappointments this season. They are 32nd in the league in EPA per play, 32nd in the league in DVOA. There are but 32 teams in the National Football League. That means they're last. Uh, Miami is 7th in DVOA thanks to their top-ranked offense, first in EPA per play as well. The offense does take a bit of a step back last week, but this Giants team can do exactly none of the things that Buffalo was able to do, both on offense and defense. There isn't a whole lot of analysis here. The Giants are bad. The Dolphins aren't. Miami minus 12 is the play. New Orleans taking on New England. The Patriots are favored by one with a total sitting at 39 and a half. They got epically beat down last week, did the New England Patriots, taking on a Saints offense that has struggled at times this year, 22nd in efficiency, while the Patriots defense is eighth, but they lose Judon um, and they lose Gonzalez, which are two huge losses on the defensive side of things. I kind of think New England's cooked, so we are going to go with the Saints plus the point. Uh, Baltimore taking on Pittsburgh. The Ravens favored by four. The total in this game is at 37 and a half. Um, a lot of talk about Kenny Pickett coming into this game. He has been a, a player that has um, struggled significantly and has kind of brought the entire offense down with him. This defense in Pittsburgh 
um, gets a lot of credit, but they, they've just been average so far this year. 15th in DVOA and 14th in defensive EPA per play. While the Ravens offense is kind of getting in a bit of a groove, um, but it's the defense that has kind of won the day so far. Fourth in efficiency and third in EPA per play. I just don't think the, the Steelers stack up on either side of the football. I get it's Tomlin. Um, uh, I get it's a, a divisional rivalry and stuff like that. I just think Baltimore's a lot better. I'm not seeing it with this Pittsburgh team. So I think Baltimore minus four is a huge gift that we have been given uh, by the, the gambling gods in this one. Moving on. Flipping the notebook over. Uh, Carolina taking on Detroit. The Lions favored by nine and a half points. Everyone hot and bothered about the Lions after a strong showing on Thursday night football. They are quite banged up though. Um, there are a number of injury concerns on the offensive side of things. For Carolina, they've just been bad so far this season. Um, I, I don't think I can trust Detroit as a basically 10-point favorite just yet. So I am going um, under 44. For this game. Houston taking on Atlanta. I don't know how the Fal Falcons are favored by a point and a half. The, the Houston Texans last week with a dominant win over the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of showed that they are a team that at least has to be taken a little bit seriously. Atlanta showed last week that they're not. Um, Desmond Ritter, I, I think, again, is another one of those quarterbacks kind of bringing the whole thing down. Um, defensively, their EPA per play is 13th, but they're 23rd in defensive efficiency. It's a team that has kind of struggled, and Houston's numbers are basically in the middle of the whole way. So I just, I don't look at this Atlanta team as being on Houston's level, which is crazy to say right now. So my play in this one, it's what I clicked on, Houston on the money line, plus 110, um, looking to take advantage of a plus number there. Indianapolis taking on the Tennessee Titans. Surprisingly, two evenly matched teams. The Titans, with a big performance last week, are favored by two and a half points. The total sits at 43 and a half. Um, but the Indianapolis Colts have been hanging around kind of all season long. Um, a couple of things go differently, and maybe the, the record is a bit improved. Well, you can say that about every team. Uh, but they're 19th in DVOA compared to the Titans at 22nd. This was one where I kind of thought the teams were evenly matched, and when you went over the numbers, um, it, I kind of leaned... Um, I kind of leaned Indianapolis. The, the Titans, 19th in EPA per play, 20th in defensive EPA per play, 22nd in DVOA, 20th on offense, 12th on defense. The Colts, 22nd in EPA per play, so a bit behind Tennessee, 11th in defensive EPA per play, well ahead of the Titans. Uh, they are ahead in DVOA and ahead on offense. The defense is a bit behind efficiency-wise at 17th compared to 12th for the Dolphins. So, or sorry, for the Titans. These are two, I think, fairly evenly matched teams. I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. We're going Indy plus two and a half, and you can make a pretty compelling case to go with them on the money line. Cincinnati taking on Arizona. This is one where I, I think the numbers are out. This is as big of a game for week five as any team should have with Cincinnati desperately needing a win in this game to keep any hopes of being relevant this season alive. Going up against an Arizona team that, while severely flawed, has played very hard this year. And like, it, if you ignored like any preseason whatever or any thoughts you had about rosters, Arizona has been the significantly better team than Cincinnati this year. I just can't pull the trigger on it. This is going to be the last week I believe anything with Cincinnati, and maybe the last week I doubt anything with Arizona, uh, but we are going the Bengals, minus three. Philadelphia taking on the LA Rams. The Eagles favored by four in this game. The Rams getting healthier with Cooper Cup getting back. I am so interested to see excuse me, what this offense can do um, 
with Cooper Cup um, back in the lineup. They're already 11th in efficiency, 8th in EPA per play. While the Eagles are starting to come around, but the defense has faltered a little bit, 19th in defensive EPA per play. The offense hasn't. Uh, they are 6th in DVOA. They are 7th um, in offense and 10th in EPA per play. I still think that the, the Eagles are figuring some things out. Figuring things out at 4-0 is a nice place to be. The Rams have been a bit of a surprise, but this number, Philadelphia minus 4, it's just too close. I do think, uh, and I'm, I'm clicking on this one, this is Eagles minus four. This next number is really interesting. Kansas City taking on Minnesota. The Chiefs favored by just three and a half points with a total set at 52 and a half. Kansas City has certainly struggled to, to get things going offensively and have not, once again, blown teams out so far this year, uh, with one obvious exception. Going up against the Minnesota team that has struggled, their defense is 20th, the offense is doing okay, 12th in efficiency so far this year. Um, it just feels like Kansas City should be more than three and a half points better than Minnesota. And I get that the Vikings are the home team this week, but... It just, this line just feels like they're kind of baiting you into taking Kansas City. And it worked. I'm going Kansas City, minus three and a half. Uh, the Jets taking on Denver. Both these teams absolutely putrid. At least the Jets have shown some sign of life last week against Kansas City. Um, I think both offenses are quite bad. Even though Denver's offense is 13th um, in DVOA, I think the Jets' defense does enough to cancel that off. I think the Jets take this one. Denver is favored by two and a half points. I'm going Jets' money line. Not clicking on it. Heavens no. Uh, but the pick is Jets' money line and under uh, at 43 and a half. Sunday night football. It is the Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are favored by three and a half points. Um, they are second in the league in EPA per play. They're second in DVOA. They're second in offense. While the Cowboys banged up on defense, although that banged up defense is ranked number one in DVOA. This is such an interesting measuring stick game for the Dallas Cowboys, who have been very good to start this season, save for one banana peel that they slipped on against Arizona. I just don't, th like, this is um, maybe not the, the most in-depth analysis. I just don't think Dallas is on San Francisco's level. Um, I, I think San Francisco, even with what they are putting up offensively, has only scratched the surface of what they can unlock with this offense. And I think the defense, 7th in efficiency, 7th in defensive EPA per play, is going to give Dak Prescott and this Dallas offense a world of trouble. So I think San Francisco wins this one. I'm taking the Niners, minus 3.5. Monday Night Football, it is the Raiders taking on the Green Bay Packers. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why the Raiders are favored by a point and a half in this game. Um, I, I think they have two good players. I, I think they have Max Crosby and Devontae Adams. I'll throw Josh Jacobs in there, although he's not been utilized like a good player. Um, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Aiden O'Connell or whoever, the offensive line can't protect and the defense can't stop anything. This Green Bay team, I think, is being wildly undervalued because of, again, a subpar performance on Thursday Night Football. I think they bounce back with a big-time win Monday night against the Raiders. So those are your picks for every game in Week 5 of the NFL. That is the football portion of things. Now, let's get into some fight talk. All right, Canelo Alvarez with a dominant performance over Jamel Charlo last weekend to reclaim his spot as the king of the boxing world. All due respect to Tank Davis or to Bud Crawford or whoever, this is still Canelo's world, and we're all just living in it. Pound for pound, is he on the level of an Inouye or a Crawford? Probably not. But um, in terms of being the face of this sport, there is still one king, and his name is Canelo Alvarez. 
not legally, but you know what I mean. Canelo is the guy who is the uh, the number one draw and the number one king of this sport right now. And he reestablishes that by basically pitching a shutout against Jermel Charlo last Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, we, we said before this was the biggest name he had fought in a while and maybe the biggest test he had had in a while. And he finally stepped up once again. He finally, I don't know if it's a motivation thing or what it was, but... That's the closest we've seen to vintage Canelo in a while. You would have liked to see him put him out, as um, we were. We, we had a couple of clicks on that, but what are you going to do? Um, a, a strong performance, nonetheless, and just reasserting that this is still a fighter to be feared. This is not a fight. Maybe he has taken a step back, but that step back is going from first in the world to third in the world. That This is still an incredibly dangerous fighter at multiple different weight classes. I think it's going to be real interesting to see what happens next for Canelo. Some people calling for a David Benavidez fight for the King of Mexico. Uh, you could put that in a soccer stadium. That would be quite the, the thing to behold. Um, it's either the final coronation of Canelo or the passing of the torch to, to David Benavidez. Could be fun. Um, but whatever it is, Canelo is back as the guy in boxing and back as a, a real boxer who needs to be feared regardless of whatever weight class he is fighting in. It's a tough one for Charlo. Uh, we talked about it before. This was so clearly the biggest stage he had fought on. Um, just however things played out, he has not had a ton of big names in his career. He has had big performances, but it's against a lot of people that most fans haven't heard of before. And so unfortunately, this kind of feels like what he'll be remembered for. Instead of a great run unifying um, the titles at 154 pounds, he is going to be remembered as just a dude who Canelo blew out of the water. And that's unfortunate. I'm not saying that's how it should be. It just kind of feels like that's how it is. We, we talked coming in, what does this mean? Uh, fight mean for Charlo? It means cementing your legacy. It, it means just kind of putting yourself in the pound-for-pound pound conversation. It means really solidifying your name as one of the names of this generation. Unfortunately, the performance did not live up to what those expectations would bring. And so now, while again, I am not saying this is how it should be. I'm just saying it's how it is. It feels like this is going to be the performance that Charlo is remembered for. And what's unfortunate is a lot of people were talking that the next fight could be Crawford against Charlo. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. I would imagine that Spence Crawford 2 happens and Charlo has to go off and beat up someone his own size, quite frankly. And kind of get back into the realm where, get, get a get right fight. Put on a highlight reel that you can throw on TikTok everywhere, and then you get back into the realm of being able to take on a Terrence Crawford or an Errol Spence Jr. or a whoever. But it's it's too bad that this is how. Um, but I, I I do think this is how Charlo is going to be remembered um, as just kind of a, another stepping stone for Canelo Alvarez, who once again is the king of boxing. Uh, let's get into some pro wrestling talk. The world of pro wrestling shooketh to its core on the weekend as Edge joined AEW. This was something that was rumored for a little bit, and it, it's, it is a huge draw that AEW, I think, desperately needed. Apparently, he's going to be a regular. I don't know how much I love that. Um, he does feel like someone who maybe needs to be a special attraction, but AEW kind of feels like they need a regular who is also a special attraction right now um, to, to kind of boost collision ratings a little bit. And you see right away, all the spots on the, um, the, the promotional material where CM Punk was, 
Now Edge is there. And you know that Edge is someone you can rely on, and you know that he is... Uh, you can rely on him from both a marketing standpoint and from a in-the-locker-room standpoint and an in-the-ring standpoint. It is the perfect hire, I think, at the perfect time for AEW. And you think about it now. Just some of the things that he rattled off. You know, like, he, he wants to go into Wrestle Kingdom. He wants to... Like, uh, him against Kenny Omega would be so much fun. Him with Sting is the, the opportunity there to, to have a, a whole lot of fun. Um, and you can even kind of like bring in, uh, like him with Moxley, him with, uh, Brian Danielson. Like it doesn't just have to be AEW and New Japan people that you get excited about. This is just a new whole world with Edge, um, coming into AEW. Think about Edge with Luchasaurus coming up next Tuesday. How exciting that feels. Um, like it's just, it's never a match I would have thought of before. And you can do some of the, the other fun stuff, right? Like you can have, um, the Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys or just Edge and Jeff Hardy, which was a, a rivalry that was fun. The Dudley Boys aren't doing a ton right now. Although I, I think Devon might have something with WWE, but either way, you, you can, you can play up a number of different things now with Edge. Uh, he said he wants to get into a promo battle with Eddie Kingston. I, I just... It's the same type of excitement. It's a little different, obviously, because CM Punk was gone for a while. But there is a bit of a similarity to the uh, type of excitement you had when CM Punk came back because it was like, oh my god. What about, like, Edge against Ishii? Never thought of it before. Would be a blast. You know, Edge against uh, Switchblade Jay White. Edge with MJF. Um, another thing with Chris Jericho. Kenny Omega, like I said. Don, him with Don Callis. Um... Just so many different things have now been opened with one guy moving over. And it, it's it's a real spark that I think AEW really, really needed at a time um, where, where things had kind of fallen a little bit flat. But uh, a big weekend for AEW. Their competitors, WWE, hoping they have a big weekend. It's time to preview WWE Fastlane. <laughs> All right, WWE Fastlane goes down this weekend from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, it actually goes down later tonight. Um, in the main event, it is uh, probably... Well, I don't know what the main event is. But in the main event on Wikipedia, it's Seth Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. Uh, I really enjoyed the first match between these two. Uh, I think adding the extra layer of last man standing provides a lot of intrigue. Um, it, it elevates things in an appropriate manner. And I think it can really open the door for a lot of creativity that both of these men can really, really thrive in. So I, I, I'm fairly confident Seth Rollins would retain in this, but it does leave the door open for a Damian Pierce. Um, <laughs> Damian Pierce. Damian Priest cash in with, with Seth Rollins kind of beaten and battered. So I, I wonder if that's teased at all coming into this one. Um, although... Priest does have something rather interesting on his plate uh, a little bit later on. But my official pick for this one is Seth Rollins to win this one. Uh, John Cena and LA Knight taking on the Bloodline in a tag team match. Boy, this is perfect. Uh, LA Knight, a lot of people complaining about well, where he was a few months ago. Look at him now in the middle of the, the hottest storyline in the WWE with one of the greatest to ever do it. There's so many different ways that this could go um, with... Jimmy Uso and Solo with LA Knight and John Cena. Uh, it, it does Roman Reigns come back for something like this? Like, where, where is all of it right now? 
Um, or where where does everyone fit in all of it right now, I guess is the better way to say it. I just want to see it. I think it's going to be so much fun. I would imagine um, that Cena and LA Knight get the win, and that could create a, a little bit of something with, with Jimmy and potentially a Roman, as Jimmy looks very clearly like he's trying to take the, the head of the table spot over. And maybe because of that, um, you do get a, a win for the bloodline here. But the, the storyline continues to intrigue no matter which parts get brought into it. My official pick, though, is Cena and LA Knight get the win. Yeah. Uh, EO Sky taking on Charlotte, taking on Asuka for the Women's Championship. This is such a match that screams Charlotte would get the win here. But I am really hoping that the rocket that's attached to EO Sky continues to take flight. And she ends up getting a dominant win in this bout. It's probably not going to be dominant. It's probably going to be by uh, scraping... Um, or scrapping and clawing to, to get a win. But either way, I hope she retains the title in this spot. Speaking of just scratching the surface, we've only seen a little bit of what this performer can do as the WWE Women's Champion. So uh, there's a 100% bias in this because Eom is probably my favorite, um, one of my favorite performers just in general in WWE right now. So my hope and my prediction is EO Sky for the win. Uh, the LWO with... Uh, Santos Escobar, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Blank taking on Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. There's a lot of rumors that it's going to be Carlito, which would just be a ton of fun. Um, but I, I would imagine Lashley and the Street Profits end up coming away victorious here. And the Judgment Day against Cody and Jey Uso for the Undisputed Tag Team titles. It feels early to take the titles off of the Judgment Day, although if Damian Priest is going to win the World Heavyweight Championship... You kind of get your momentum back. Um, and also, I could see a world where they want to do this to justify putting Cody on both Raw and SmackDown right now. Um, that just kind of feels like where... Like, the, they, they brought them out as the big surprise last night. Um, and you can then incorporate them into a number of different things. And it honestly, it kind of feels like their way of just like, okay, let's just get Cody over to Roman now. Hey, like, let's let, let's do that and forget about the, the Raw thing. So I could see them doing that. But I, I think, you know what? That's going to be my pick. I, I think Judgment Day just kind of transfer the tag team titles over to, to Cody and Jey Uso. And I think that create a lot of... Uh, there's just so much intrigue right now in WWE that there's just so many different, well, if it goes this way, this is fun. If it goes this way, this way is fun. They've really put themselves in a spot where no matter where they go, there's a lot of great options. Um, WWE really is cruising right now. Ha, Fastlane, get it? I didn't even mean to do that. All right, that's the show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, if you are watching this or listening to it on Saturday, which is good for you, because um, that means you got it right away. But if you are, um, I'm going to be ring announcing for Wild Rose Wrestling tonight. Um, check out their social medias for date and time, uh, or sorry, for time and place, because um, the time, the, the date is today. Uh, but I am so excited to be doing that. Apparently, the show in Edmonton brought the house down last night, so tonight is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find the show on Facebook. Just search Couch Potato Diary. Going to have a lot of content coming out here over the next three days, this long weekend, um, because the NHL season starts on Tuesday. So looking to wrap up our NHL previews, East and West um, 
win totals, looking at Flames. Uh, we need to preview the goalies, looking at breakout players and X-Factors for the Calgary Flames this year. And of course, looking at the most talented teams in the NHL for the upcoming season. So that is coming up. We also have a couple of legacy looks as the football world lost two legends this week. In Canada, it's George Reed. And in the States, it's Dick Butkus. Um, so we're looking to have a couple of legacy looks on both of those men as the weekend goes along. So there's going to be a ton coming out. The legacy looks are going to be audio only. So if you're watching this on YouTube, um, just go find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And that's where it will be. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. And I will talk to you all later.